Hey all, uh, welcome to another episode of the 42 podcast. Uh, in today's episode, uh, this is a recording that I did with Venkata uh, Chilam, who is a data scientist. He's also a contributor to the Scikit-Learn project. Uh, so in this episode, uh, we look at uh, his ML journey, his uh, experience in contributing to the open source world, stack or flow and other technical things. Hope you guys would like it. Here it goes. Today in the podcast, we have Venkit. So, uh, Venkit, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Krishna. Hi, everyone. Yep. So, yeah, so let's jump uh, right into the uh, discussion, Venkit. So, uh, can you uh, introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Um... So my name is Venkata Chalam. Uh, people call me Venkat Vinky. Um, I'm currently working in um, Ericsson Gaia team um, for the past one year. Uh, before that, I was working with Ford as a data scientist for three years. Um, my educational background, I have a um, manufacturing engineering as undergrad and uh, operations management in MS. um yeah so my recent interest are in machine learning but my uh, background slowly started changing from or uh, and then to uh, optimization finally landed up in machine learning okay cool so uh, winkit uh, i think what's what will, what is very interesting is that uh, you had transitioned from uh, doing an undergrad in mechanical engineering to uh, machine learning and ai right so i think there will be many other people who are probably uh, had an undergrad in other disciplines so mm-hmm. can you explain your uh, journey on how uh, this happened sure um uh, when i did my undergrad i haven't heard of this term machine learning or this artificial intelligence uh, domain at all uh, but what i got introduced by then was the operation research course so that uh, motivated me to pursue my uh, career in terms uh, in the path of or that's where i um, joined for uh, ms by research in operations management in iit madras um, during my course period my research guy told me that uh, machine learning is something that is growing up in the industrial front as well as in academics uh, whether we are going to do our uh, research in that particular area or not it is good to take that course so that's when i picked up that area um so for me initially i was thinking that this this would be a completely new area i might find it really hard to pick it up uh, but it was not the case uh, lots of uh, algorithms model uh, background lies in uh, op- uh, operation research uh for example spm if you know uh, or very well you can understand the working of uh, spm very well um so those uh, pointers help me to understand the theory of uh, machine learning uh, but i have other problems such as uh, getting comfortable with uh, working in different programming languages or installing some um, packages or softwares uh, or even uh, reading a 
documentation about our project and then getting started with that was really uh, not uh, uh, I would say not uh, easy for me to start initially uh, because being coming from a non conversations background we are not uh, uh, very well uh, comfortable with these things uh, slowly over the years uh, once we get a good uh, hang of how do we need to do all these things uh, thanks to stack overflow and other forums uh, i was able to do those things as well very well um, so for me these are the two major things i would say uh, to understand the theory if you have a or background even though you come from a mission um, i'm sorry mechanical uh, engineering background you should be uh, doing quite well in that uh, just the uh, computer science uh, area as such might be little uh, new for us uh, but given a period of time i would say definitely will be uh, able to do wonders after that i think uh, i think that's a really nice uh, story uh, i i feel like one of the best things about the uh, machine learning community as such is like we have people from different uh, backgrounds and disciplines who are coming right so it actually makes it for very nice uh, interesting and uh, rich conversations also about like different backgrounds that they came in from so uh, one of the things that you mentioned was like your experience with how stack overflow has helped you yeah. in uh, improving your skills so uh, can you speak a little about that how has stack overflow like uh, shaped uh, your uh, tech journey sure sure uh, so as i said the uh, uh, when i took that uh, machine learning course um, getting comfortable with the programming language itself was really hard for me because uh, when we do a mechanical engineering based uh, undergrad we only get to do a uh, fundamentals of computing only in the first semester after that you don't get to see any uh, programming based uh, papers at all um, so before that i took a computer science major in my plus 1 and plus 2 uh, but that is really a basic level um, so when we started trying out things in uh, machine learning uh, initially i picked up matlab because uh, my research guide told me that would be uh, easy for the beginners uh because of the well written documentation examples and other stuff um and iit madras have the uh, matlab licenses for all the students uh, we can get that easily uh so when i started there even in that uh programming language having a uh starting point uh, would be really tough uh, because uh, even lib libspm people might be heard of this is a common uh package people use to implement svm even the sql on svm is uh, developed based on that so right so for installing that in matlab we found it really hard and only stack overflow answers helped us <laughs> do that um, i mean each and every step i took uh, after matlab like uh, learning r python java in every uh, phase of it uh, i relied completely on stack overflow the uh, probably like 2 3 years uh, i developed my programming skills based on that at the end of it what i thought is okay 
it's time for me to give my knowledge back so then i started my stack overflow account and i started answering in uh, so as well uh, yeah that was my journey and that, that's how it helped me to become a programmer uh, at least a decent programmer okay so you went from being a consumer of answers in stack overflow to being a contributor to solve other people's problems so yeah. uh, how has how has that actually been like uh, 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 is it something that you feel um, um, really happy about or why does people actually spend so much of time to you know painfully answer questions in uh, which comes up and then not do all of this for free i never quite get it yeah it's little uh, uh, tricky to give a single motivation for uh, to address everybody's motivation but uh, i'll at least say my part of uh, what motivated me to uh, do that yeah. like i said initially it was a call for me to uh, contribute back to the community which has helped me from uh, very low level programming language to a decent level uh, so when i started that uh, as a community what it has helped me is uh, community what i mean is the stack overflow community uh, even when i uh, give a dumb answer or even i uh, search up in some other place and then come up with a naive uh, uh, answering um, the peers will start helping you a lot so that is one learning you get uh, the person who is already an expert still spend time on teaching you like uh, you tried this good but there is a better way to do it as well they will come and post that as a uh, comment in your uh, answer uh, so that is one uh, benefit out of uh, answering in stack overflow uh, second if you are following a particular tag uh, i used to follow this sklearn tag because i am quite comfortable in that uh, during my ml journey so when i started reading the stack overflow questions we get to learn a lot of areas about stack overflow i'm sorry sklearn which i haven't touched at all so people come up with different ways of using these uh, features available in sklearn or some features which ha- we haven't heard of uh, or not very comfortable with so this could be uh, helpful for you to go and start uh, learning those features and then you come back and then try to uh solve their questions together uh even i it happened to me quite a uh, few number of times um like i'll read that question i will also have no idea of how it could be answered i'll uh, give my uh, first attempt and then the uh, asker basically the person who asked that question uh, he will come up with his own attempt on how we can uh, be improved and finally uh, after like four, four or five uh, iterations will come up with a better solution to finally fix it so this is one other learning uh, you get to know new features you get to solve problems together uh, so that is one three uh, this reputation or the scores approach which you get in stack overflow is really uh, valued uh, outside both in industries and in academics uh so that for some for few of them that could be a real good motivation uh so having said 
the about the motivations uh, for a beginner to start answering in stack overflow it might be little hard because you might not get that uh, uploading and other stuffs easily uh, being a beginner in beginner in terms of a uh, stack overflow account you might be having yes, a good yes. knowledge but uh, since your uh, account doesn't show up a, a big number in the reputation people may not uh, see the value in it or they might overlook your answer uh, or even it happens so that uh, even though you give a correct answer you might get negative votes as, as well uh, so those periods you have to um, stay back and continue your effort on uh, giving back to the community saying i know something and i'll help the uh, community uh, understand that uh, so once you cross that 200 or 300 reputation you will get a hang of how to answer or how to um, get your uh, thought across so those things will be uh, easy after a while but initial period i also felt the same thing in the uh, first few uh, years I, i would say in fact i started my account in 2014 but then only uh, by the end of 2016 i seriously started answering in so um, during that one and a half two year of period i uh, hardly answer like four or five questions um even those are not well received by the community so yeah so after that uh, what changed from my point of view is that uh, i started looking at it as Uh, i'll never look at my reputation or how many upvotes i'll get my only uh, um gain by answering in stack overflow is uh, the learning and the uh, peer knowledge what i'm going to get through that um so that that was the change that helped me to uh, continue my effort in stack overflow uh, yeah that would be my advice for people who are going to get started with stack overflow as well yeah uh thanks venget that i think was a very fascinating uh, uh, you know insight into the dynamics of why people actually contribute to stack overflow and how it actually helps people i'll um, tell you an uh, interesting story here so once i yeah, asked yeah. A, a question in uh, about matplotlib about plotting some features in um, sql on model uh, i mm-hmm. stuck up somewhere and then i posted that question uh, uh one of the famous account in stack overflow for answering um uh, matplotlib is importance of earnest so that's the name he has chosen so uh it's okay. a book by oscar wilde's book he's a big fan of uh that book it seems so okay. yes pick that up as his um account uh, name uh by the way coming back to that question so he answered that question and i tried that in my local and that uh, answer didn't work it gave me some error saying this particular method or module is not present in matplotlib mm-hmm. uh, and i went back to that guy and then asked him uh, can you check it i am not able to uh, use your solution he told like i recently have <laughs> merged this into the master you have to use the dev version to um, use this in your machine okay so it's <laughs> uh that was the first time i'm saying that somebody who has already uh spent effort in uh giving this um uh, uh what i would feature giving this uh, yeah feature back to the community at the same time uh he comes here and then teaches people where it would be useful it's like a heavy job right yes, you yes. also spend time on 
building that also you spend time on teaching or helping people to use it uh, by the way his account has really um, huge number um, uh, roughly around 100k more than 100k uh, reputation okay is uh, doing it more than 6 or 7 years i guess in answering stack overflow and he is one of the major contributor in matplotlib as well yeah i think uh, i think people who are doing this are like you know in a way like heroes of the tech community because uh the tech community is more welcoming i would say to beginners because of platforms like stack overflow uh, which uh, even though sometimes people <laughs> ask questions which are like you know directly related to the work but i think still it's a yeah. welcoming place it's, it's something that makes more accessible right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. very true so uh, on a related note uh, in your mlg right uh, one of the things best person to ask this since you are uh, good at math so uh, uh, the struggle that people usually say when they are trying to learn machine learning is actually uh, the difficulty in understanding the mathematical aspects of it so mm-hmm. how was your personal journey with it uh, did you had any difficulty and what kind of things would you recommend to a beginner for um, learning or picking up the math needed for machine learning sure sure uh, so, uh, my view on uh, why people feel uh, mathematics is hard or uh, the theoretical side of machine learning hard is that they might hear these uh, i mean they might listen to a, a explanation which is not very well thought of or they are going to the wrong uh, place for understanding these things right uh, but having said that there are really good material available online uh, as of now it's not like the olden days where you have to be in a, a premium institute or get access to some premium uh, professors to understand these things that's not the case now right we have excellent material out, uh, out there so um, my journey is that uh, for machine learning uh, when i took that ml course i Uh, started taking the linear algebra course which is available in uh, i mean linear algebra course uh, provided by gilbert strand um, stanford uh, i'm not sure of the university uh, yeah so that course is really really good and one of the most uh, popular and quoted uh, course for linear algebra um, that is really vital for uh, people who are uh, starting in ml because every uh, paper or um, explanation someone would like to give for a ml they have to give these mathematical heavy um, notations for us to even understand what is going on there you need to have a, a basic understanding of linear algebra right. uh, that is one two uh, probability and statistics um, Uh, luckily i have a i had a probability and stats course in undergrad as well as in my uh, pg uh, part of my uh, ms research program um, so uh, even if that is not the case we have a statistics course available in youtube uh, um, statistics 101 course from harvard is a really good one i would recommend okay. that um, so those two are uh, the ones i would refer it as a, a course uh, for, and the third one i don't really know 
um i didn't really went through as a course uh for or uh, operation to search uh for people who are in uh, um familiar or haven't had a experience in or they can uh, start with uh, operation research by g srinivasan uh, he is a professor in iit madras uh, same department where i took my ms research um so mm, so or is not uh, in depth understanding is which is required for machine learning but basic understanding would really help you on understanding of uh, some of these uh, algorithms like stm and etc um right yeah so uh, if you're if you're speaking a bit in uh, layman terms right uh, so the linear algebra would be something to do uh, it's basically the study of matrices vectors uh, etc right yeah matrix decomposition uh, how you transform matrices uh... yes and uh, this is important because in uh, machine learning what we are trying to do is like we have some uh, amount of data which computers cannot understand uh, any data other than numerical data and uh, they had to be converted into uh, matrices or vectors and you had to do some operations there so yeah to squeeze and uh, to extract the information from those matrices uh, these ma- matrix decomposition methods uh, and even some of the algorithms might try some other way to extract the information from the matrices instead of just yes. decomposing for those uh, we need to know what other operations can be done on yeah. a matrix yeah. right so for us to get a uh, notion of what is happening when i do a certain operation on a matrix let's say um uh transpose of a matrix uh or taking a inverse of a matrix we need to know what really happens when we do that uh so yeah that way linear algebra is vital in terms of uh knowing what each uh, ml algorithm does at the background yeah. uh, and uh, probability and statistics i think is a continuation of data science uh, i mean this is probably the starting place of probably uh, data science uh, is it um yeah, yeah the famous book of the probabilistic method of uh um yeah you remember the, the book which uh, i think probabilistic study of graphical methods or something yeah yeah i was not sure of the name but it starts with this probabilistic yeah. reasoning um that's the area i mean multiple community uh, claims that uh, ml is uh, majorly started from their area yes. but uh, uh, but probability in statistics is one of the most prominent ones uh, yeah. we should say uh, can call it off as only uh, coming out from the problem yeah. starts area alone i mean uh, i think the earlier versions of uh, data scientists were basically statisticians like uh, people i think who were working on let's say uh, i think there is another branch of study called the actuaries study or something where they are like uh, looking at you know um, what kind of uh, things would actually make sense for an insurance company like uh, what what should be the policy term mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. i think people who are working from those kind of fields kind of then yeah it got they realized like th- this has like more applicability to other fields so these are also the kind of people that we will uh, meet in the ml community right people who have this stats and uh, con yeah. uh, background and yeah as you said ml community assets now uh, 
have a wide variety of people coming from different backgrounds right so we could see that both in um, get uh, the popular uh, open source projects or as well as in the stack overflow community we could see um, people who have come from physics um biology everywhere uh, and finally they use uh, machine learning as one of the application for solving their uh, domain problem yes i think uh, uh, in my observation uh, machine learning is more becoming like a generalized field in the sense uh, whether you are having a problem yeah. in let's say genetics or you know maybe in chemistry or whatever if there's a huge amount of data and then you want to identify some kind of pattern yeah patterns you know, and exactly. ml as a technique and um, on oer uh, that you mentioned is it more like you know the kind of things that you learn are like kind of optimization related or uh... exactly but not the numerical optimization like the stuffs you hear about uh, um gradient descent or uh, other optimization okay. algorithms those are not part of oer uh so for that we have to take a uh, take up a course on numerical optimization right. there we uh, get to learn about this uh, optimization technique what oer gives us is something like um you have objective function you have a set of constraints how would you optimize uh, a set of decision variables mm-hmm. uh so these are uh, usually called as primal and dual form of a problem um i don't get into the details but uh, these things uh, are used in some of the algorithms like svm uh, so that's the reason why people call it svm can handle a large number of features uh, even though it may not scale on a large number of data points so they convert the problem as a dual problem and then they work in the space of a uh, number of uh, features not in the space of number of uh, data points uh so these are some tricks that comes from oer community so if you are uh, having a nice understanding of oer then you can easily grasp these things okay yeah i think i think now i think uh, probably people who are listening and then trying to understand has like got three recipes that probably they can uh, follow like linear algebra probability and statistics and some uh, introductory knowledge about oer can actually help Yeah, yeah so um kind of continuing on this so uh, you know w- what has been your uh, you know uh, journey in the machine learning field like uh, can you uh, can you speak about some of uh, the challenges that you had while you were working on some of this machine learning problems and what are your current uh, research interest in ml sure sure um probably i'll give you a quick glimpse of what kind of problems i've worked on and parallelly i'll say what other uh, difficulties or roadblocks i've faced so far um first i started with nlp uh, without having much of a experience uh, from the um, ml course for me uh, then i uh, relied on sklearns uh, uh, nlp extraction techniques and uh, classifier models so i was working on the um customer verbatim to understand what kind of uh, this was when i was in code so uh, we are looking at the text to understand what are the problems customers are uh, reporting so 
this is quite a hard problem because there are millions of records and there are hundreds of categories and you have to solve it um uh, without um, compromising on the recall um people who are not familiar with uh, metric called as recall we are not supposed to lose the actual true positives uh, we might extract more uh, uh, or we might call uh, more data points as positives but we are not supposed to lose these uh, uh, true positives at the same time we shouldn't be saying everything as positives as well people might understand that uh, um, yeah. but i hope uh, so that that was one of my initial uh, project which i have worked on then i was working with the uh, credit uh, payment models where we have credit bureau data about different uh, customers who are coming to the port credit team um, so that that is based on the uh, couple of models using hc boost and some uh, time series based uh, neural network models as well um then um yeah i worked on the topic clustering uh, understanding the um, most common issues which uh, respondents have given based on the verbatim usually uh, when we do a survey uh, we get this open ended uh, answers as uh, ad- additional comments extra comments these questions will be there in the survey and people will always find tough to extract information from these uh, responses uh, we able that time some model to uh, extract patterns or clusters from these uh, responses um, that was a good uh, tool um, that help the business to understand what is being really a uh, dominant in the uh, responses um, yeah i think i think i got a flavor so you have uh, worked on i think nlp problems and then you have also worked on i think uh, recently like mostly it's like time series uh, related uh, work and I, i also remember you mentioned you had worked on some optimization problems also right yeah so the, those in the uh, oas space where uh, we have designed the routes for uh, shuttles where uh, we initially based on survey get to know where are the pockets of uh, people uh, uh, living on based on that we use the vehicle routing problem uh, using genetic algorithm to design the shuttle routes uh, also we have worked on some uh, constraint programming based optimization methods for night shuttle pickup uh, so um, there is a rule from government saying when you are uh, uh, dropping the female employee after 9 o'clock uh, 9 pm basically uh, you have one more escort in your uh, car apart from the driver um, so in those uh, scenarios we need to have this extra constraint apart from just designing the routes so if the last drop of that particular shuttle or a cab uh, if it is a female employee we need to block a seat for the uh, escort so that that was an interesting problem we solved it using the constraint okay. programming method yeah, interesting so uh, i'm curious to understand your uh, uh, process uh, of how you approach a problem venkat so uh, when you are given a generic uh, data science problem right how do you how do you approach on trying to solve it uh, uh, is there a process that you have perfected over a period of time uh 
this is not specifically for me i, I feel like uh, most of the uh, data scientists uh, 80% of their time goes into the data processing or data cleaning right uh, that goes same with me as well like uh, most of our time uh, goes in understanding the data trying to see what is what useful information available in um, each of the features or some of the features and then you have to do some kind of feature selection but once you get your uh, valuable final uh, input data ready then i think with the uh, level of uh, open source uh, projects right uh, sklearn or uh, keras the final model building or fine tuning is not going to be a headache for us uh, over a week if you run some uh, uh, hyperparameter tuning definitely will be able to get a better model so that's not the hard part so coming up with the right set of uh, features uh, or understanding what information is there how should i model this particular problem uh, that's where the uh, domain knowledge or the experience will be uh, handy for everyone uh, more than a skill i would say it's a art right so once you do it for multiple times for different use cases you have that knack of once you see that uh, data set or see the scenario you might be able to say what kind of approaches can fit for it um yeah. uh, related to that one one thing that i wanted to ask you was like let's say you are uh, working on a problem and then you have created a reasonably good solution for it let's say a um, uh, model has been built but then you are not quite satisfied with the results uh, it is giving so what are some ways by which you can probably try to improve it uh, have you, do, do you can you suggest some techniques maybe yeah yeah so um so one immediate step would be hyperparameter tuning of the particular model as such right um the, that is uh, immediate choice uh apart from that what you can do is instead of doing a train test validation you can do a cross validation to see uh the real impact of the hyperparameters i think that's re- really getting popular or um common these days um, instead of you doing a train test validations but because beginners will always um start with that approach but when you do cross validation uh we might get a, a better uh, understanding of the hyperparameters as well as the model's performance um yeah uh, the, apart from that uh, most often uh, when we get stuck in terms of performance or uh, results uh, we need to go back and then see uh, probably the feature selection could be improved or can we uh, get some more uh, features uh, because whatever the available features we the scenario might be we could only do uh, what we have done so far um so those uh, going backs we need to do to uh, sit with the business team or stakeholders to understand what kind of uh, other features can we collect uh, so that this model right. can be improved. so so is there a point when you decide uh, maybe uh, the current algorithm is not good enough and then you have to revisit probably do some literature survey to identify other technique so um, at at what point can probably someone say that uh, the current method that we are following is not uh, good enough and then we have to probably try other options okay uh, 
i usually try it in a slightly different way because uh, once we get a problem uh, first few months we have to do a little survey on what kind of uh, approaches or what kind of models people usually do uh, to solve a particular uh, task in that domain uh because uh, people have done these things over the years and then came up with these uh, suggestions right so um but uh, at the same time i haven't have seen mul- multiple times even in my case as well as in my colleagues scenarios they might go with their preferred model or their preferred way of doing it for any problem they are trying out uh, but we need to change that attitude and then uh, start with the ones which have proven to be working good for that particular problem uh, i mean to answer the question uh, it is little bit hard to say uh, we have reached the uh, saturation point or we uh, reached a place where uh, this model can any more be uh, worked upon we should try an alternative approach uh, being a data scientist i have seen uh, myself multiple times that we get struck with the approach we have we have done so far like kind of a sunk cost but still we feel that we have done so so much effort on it let's try a little yes. more to improve this model and then exactly. get a uh, <laughs> we go into that mindset and keep on hitting that uh, hyperparameter tuning or changing some small little knobs hoping that <laughs> it might give us a better uh, performance suddenly uh, uh we have to come out of it uh, and i agree that it's little uh, uh, hard for us to change that mindset uh, but we should go for it and then uh, after a while yeah. we should think about alternative I think, uh, the reason i asked this is like uh, i always see sometimes when we start with let's say a model right the immediate reaction for many people is let's try a random forest classifier or let's try xt boost Well, let's try a neural network with many uh, layers and then try to create a brute force thing and then let's actually have like very large machines where uh, we can do like extensive hyperparameter tuning so um, so is is yeah here maybe i'll point um, andreas muller's point yep. uh, code he used to say let's not jump into trying a complex model initially first build a baseline classifier or exactly. whatever your task is uh, that will give you a right idea of where you are standing even a dumb classifier can get you this performance are you spending the right energy in getting um, i mean trying to improve your current model uh, that immediately can tell you okay i'm not in a super great space probably i should try other approaches and then uh, if nothing works then maybe i can come back here yep. um, yeah yeah that could be one way to yeah, cross check our very well put having it so i also think it has to be incremental you don't start with the very state of the art right away you kind of gradually make the transition and uh, see things right yep yeah it is always uh, essential and critical to showcase what would be the baseline models performance without uh, any uh, additional intelligence yeah. what performance i can get then code your models performance then people can understand okay this gives us this yeah. much of improvement uh, since you That's mentioned cool. andreas muller i had to ask you that since you are a contributor to the scikit learn project 
so how has your experience been from being a, you know a consumer of scikit-learn project to actually being a contributor to the scikit-learn project uh, which for listeners who doesn't know scikit-learn sure. is like the hello world machine learning framework of the machine learning ecosystems yeah quite not yeah yeah but as i said when i started machine learning i uh, started with the matlab programming language then i coded in r the third one was python so basically it was not my first uh, language but still once i uh, started with python it became like a, a home for me uh, i couldn't think about uh, some other language which can help me uh, do my ml stuff better uh, and point to be mentioned here is that uh, sk learn was the uh, major reason for, to feel so so their uh, design of apis documentation um and so many other uh, things which they done has helped me a lot in terms of uh, ramping up as a beginner uh, also being from a non computer background as well um, yeah. right being in that situation for few years uh, i would say three uh, or four years uh, after that i felt like probably i should try giving it back to the community just like how i did in stack overflow uh I, i was thinking about doing it but i had this uh, big barrier in front of me on how do i get started in terms of contributing to uh, open source project you need to know some kind of uh, uh, installations to get the development version uh, running in your machine and then you need to have a good grasp of uh, github uh, knowledge yeah to get your uh, code committed into the pull request or to the master wherever um so these two things are initial barriers for me uh, even though i thought of doing this long back uh, but when i had a good understanding of github uh, after i moved to ericsson this was very lately happened uh, initial 3 4 years i was not uh, super uh, comfortable with github as well um the second thing is installations right uh, you hope you remember krishna those times when i tried of installing these uh, sql learn development version i had a yeah. tough time even though they have some uh, good tutorials probably i feel some sometime later we ourselves or ask the uh, co members of sql learn to do some videos in terms of yes. uh, how do you actually do it there is good documentation uh, <laughs> but having a nice video yeah, it, it's not really actually helps. beginner friendly by uh, any means but uh, but it it's also something where if you stuck at something you can get help from these guys and then um, like it's it's also i would say there's a barrier yeah. of entry but it, it can be definitely cross right like yeah 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 uh, that once we have come to this uh, stage we are able to see that but uh, being from the other side of the river uh, when we look at these things um, yeah. we had that block in our mind no? but now when we saw these things it becomes uh, much more options were available and we weren't uh, explore it exploring it um, yeah so once i uh, crossed those two barriers with the help of uh, you people and with some basic understanding of github uh, 
one uh, good thing which i've did uh, starting the contribution is that i didn't wait for a big uh, uh, feature or some uh, significant portion to be uh, to be put in the issues uh so that i can pick it up i didn't wait for that i started with the small even the documentation uh, level of fixes that helps me to know the environment ecosystem uh, on how to do these uh, um, contributions to open source projects slowly when i get to see, um, see some questions in stack overflow where they see uh, uh, a re- good reasonable uh, fix for a bug which is there in escalon or may not be a bug a nice feature that can help of the usability of that particular feature um i taken it uh, those questions to uh, escalon issues and then that uh, ended up as a final mr uh, uh, mr <laughs> yeah. or pr whatever uh, in that we call it mr right people might find it uh, so the, those are my uh journey so initial barrier then start with small contributions then uh using stack overflow as a ma- main uh brainer for me to know what issues are there and usability then taking it to the yep. uh so so for someone who is actually starting out or thinking about uh, contributing to open source that person can actually go to let's say github.com then slash project and then look up the issues tab and then find uh, is there any trick to find uh, good issues that you can actually work on uh, yeah they they have this nice um uh, uh way to categorize these issues they give the labels um, so good first is issue is as you mentioned is the uh, best one for the beginners and they also have uh, labels like help wanted uh medium hard uh so or even some of the open source projects they also uh, put labels in terms of what kind of work it requires is it is it cicd based one work which mm-hmm. is required or documentation based one um uh, or is it is a core feature or api design um so all these uh, extra work that the core members do really helps in terms of uh, attracting the yeah. right audience so for those issues from these issues we can actually uh, uh, sign up for how does it work is it like you have to uh, select an issue and say that i am ready to do this work or um, how does one actually make that contribution yeah valid question krishna yeah so when we see that there is some uh, issues which is open in escalon or any other open source project and if you feel that you are uh, interested enough and uh, knowledge enough to address that question uh, address that issue uh, first sign up for it saying i would like to work on work on this issue um, can i start uh, sometimes even if you don't have a complete understanding of how to solve that issue you and j- when you just have a interest on solving it you can ask that i'm interested can you give me some pointers uh, so the uh, core members or other contributors will come and then tell you where you need to start or what are the places you need to fix to get that particular issue solved um, so after that what happens is you are, need to fork the uh, i mean for for the first timers um uh, you have to fork the 
open source project into your github uh, account and then you create a branch in your uh, github repo to fix that particular issue then you make a pr uh, once you make that pr uh, it will be uh, seen in the open source project uh, pr page as well there you get the reviews you it might go for few iterations that depends on the uh, amount of work or the type of work you do uh, so once you fix those uh, i mean you complete those reviews uh, the contributor i'm sorry the core members will merge your uh, yep. particular branch into the master okay you made it sound <laughs> very simple but uh, i'll i remind remember that you know one of the prs or pull request that you got merged it got merged after some 150 days of initial uh, pr submission uh, right so you know what what kept you motivated to kind of pursue it and uh, i see that lots of people would actually you know start the process then kind of like leave it at the end yeah the, there is significant portion of uh, prs like that the people will start and then they will um, stand uh, few iterations of uh, review but then they will drop off uh, for me the motivation factors that uh, see if i make some mistake and then submit that as a pr right. somebody again have to fix that uh, until or uh, otherwise there is no known problems with your pr then only someone will be ready to merge your issue it's not something that they have a mindset like i should do this for 6 months or 7 months definitely that's not the motivation from their end as well they have a lot of other prs to do as well um, so these are more obvious one for them to watch out for and they are able to uh, tell you in a nice way saying these things needs to be corrected uh, based on my experience i would say the review process is very uh, nice in terms of how they convey their idea they are open for uh, from your side uh, ideas as well um, they will suggest something if you feel um, that would uh, improve the current uh, setup you can go for it or you can uh, suggest your uh, suggestion as okay. well so this code um, review process is an iterative process wherein the original authors or the core contributors of the project uh, make comments and then you make the change yeah yeah even i will tell you a instance where uh, i was working on an issue for a few months meanwhile somebody has created a major change in that particular uh, model uh, so because of that i have to do a lot of uh, rework in that i was thinking like <laughs> uh, can my pr gets most okay. for him so that he can do that <laughs> majority of work. Uh, but unfortunately it was other way around okay. and this uh, pr got merged first uh, uh, fortunately for me what happened is that one of the core member he created a pr for my uh, uh, branch in my github repo basically it's like he's giving a fix okay. to my uh, feature uh, the fix basically incorporating all the okay. changes from the previous pr so from my side now it's nothing i just have to say uh, merge the pr okay. uh, now i'm good to go so uh, these things also happen 
so that you don't feel the hectic of doing somebody else work yeah. uh, to be incorporated think, your uh, brand the reason brand. why most people actually shy away from open source work is like they think it's too hard but i think uh, the key is to get started right once you uh start or probably have some initial experience then it becomes like uh, second hand right yes 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 also the major motivation for me as well as yeah, yeah. you get to learn from these experts right they are building some world class project and you have a chance to work with them directly they give their uh, feedback immediately line by line go through the your code which you can't get that chance outside uh even if you are uh, ready to take up some course or something you don't get that much amount of time from these experts um uh, and parallelly uh, when you go through these uh, issues or pr pages you get to see different conversation happening in that repo that gives you the right understanding of what kind of uh, factors they take in to make uh, different decisions in the and, and it also creates an impact right um, so um you are familiar of uh, the story of uh, raghavan um, who co contributed to it learn right so do you want to maybe speak about that yeah. yeah sure worth mentioning about him so we sometimes feel that we are alone here there is not much of a community here for us to interact physically uh, or uh, have some catch up Uh, sometimes we get to uh, feel that uh, block in our mind but uh, when we see these guys like uh, as you mentioned ragwan he has done enormous amount of work in terms of uh, skelon he is one of the main contributors in the past uh, unfortunately he got expired um see uh, one good thing about the community is that even some of the peers which he was working on uh, when uh, he was alive they are able to continue that work mm-hmm. and then some of them are getting merged even now uh, and i remember you were saying the, in one of the release they mentioned the uh, they are giving that uh, i mean they are quoting this yep. release uh, in the name of ragwan so that is really uh, fantastic that's the level of respect they give yeah. for such uh, contribution and i also feel like um, it is like his work is there it's like a book that he has written right if you if somebody goes through the github issues uh, even though he's still not there you would actually stumble upon yeah, his yeah. comments so it's kind of like a you know a living a memory of a person the kind of work that person did and i think yeah in both ways right one yes. the conversations he had in those get uh, report two you have exactly. that actual code you are running every day uh yeah, and the, that gets uh, improved or uh, changed yeah. by the next generation as well i think that in this case is, what is I even see. more fascinating is he did his bulk of his contribution while he was a student uh, he was just a student at a college here in oh. chennai i think he started doing it in like probably the third final year or something like that and then based on his open source contribution he actually got an opportunity to work i think in france or somewhere uh, where his full time job was actually to contribute mm. to open uh, to scikit learn so so i think it's a it's it's actually a yeah. great story but very i mean sad also that he, he, he 
passed away at a very young age yeah. so not with us um, on this uh, related yeah. note um, so um, how does you know how has open source development improved your skills uh, in terms of like programming has it like um, has it helped you in certain aspects of it it's a really valid question uh, so uh, there are multiple uh, facets to it one is you get to learn these uh, uh, oss environment like how the complete process is uh, when we only consume it we don't get to uh, understand these things only when you think about or uh, start your action in the front of uh, contribution then only you get to see this whole process that helps you in designing the process for your own um, company work as well uh, which is yeah. like a world class uh, standards right now, uh, it can work really well even in a remote uh, situation you don't need to sit in a room and then discuss these things you have designed in it in a way that can work in a uh, remote fashion uh, that is one two is uh, their thought process in terms of uh, designing apis and uh, uh, some of the basic uh, i mean for them it's a basic yep. practice for us it's the best practices uh, so those things will uh, help us in designing our uh, code base as well uh, yep, yep like i mentioned the api design uh, we starts uh, uh, from those uh, starting point saying like uh, if we design it like this uh, these are the problems we might face in the future so all those uh, scenarios we might be able to think through in the initial phase itself uh, the third thing is the um, amount of test cases documentation tutorials all these things uh, which the open source community has been uh, spending effort on that gives us the right information that we also should do the same amount of effort in terms of uh, directing our energy in uh, getting these uh, tutorials documentations uh, test cases uh, be done for our work uh, because we see the value there uh, and we see the, uh, what uh, impact it can bring up uh, yeah uh, i think i mentioned only few yeah. but uh, there are uh, enough things for you to uh, feel that yeah. uh, why you I, I don't know whether to continue uh, doing experiences i'm pretty sure this has also happened to you but one thing in which it has actually helped me is earlier when i was consuming a library let's say scikit-learn or some other project the only way i used to interact with this to us like you know just you look at the documentation see how the apis are but now we have a habit of directly going into the code and then seeing how things are right and um, yeah so so uh i even uh, i mean observe these things in the stack overflow as well when someone asks these questions like can i have this uh, particular way of uh, doing it for a, for example it's building a model i, w- I want to do it in a certain way uh, the answer is won't just tell you it like it is possible or it's not possible they'll give you the right places where you need to see in the source code to understand why those things can be done or cannot be done uh, 
that that also gives you good uh, uh, starting point so that you don't have to search through that complete uh, code base because given the size of uh, sklearn or any other open source project it's really uh, truly hard for a beginner to understand so places like this will help you to uh, start in a small way uh, but over the time you will uh, Understand yeah. the whole yeah, ecosystem. Yeah, I think uh, it way. actually really empowers uh, us uh, in a in a big way. Uh, from just being you know dependent on somebody to make that fix to realize that we can ourselves go and probably try to make that fix if it is uh, necessary, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll quote an example here. A couple of days back in Stack Overflow, somebody has asked for a uh, help in right. of plotting the permutation importance. Okay, so one of the answer what um, she has done is uh, she picked up the release highlights uh, documentation. In that, they already have given the okay. permutation importance. A quick example, she has uh, given that as the answer. Uh, when I looked at that uh, example, um, they haven't sorted the uh, feature names with respect to the importance. They just uh, sorted the box plot of those, no. but the feature names okay. are still zero, one, two, three. Uh, which is misleading. Yeah, you might think zero is the first feature and that's the corresponding box plot for it. Uh, then I made a fix and it got merged in a couple of days itself. They accepted. Yeah, it's a, a valid uh, improvement. We should do it, and it happens in like uh, why I'm putting this one. You get to uh, improve even these small things. To not every yeah. MRRPR is going to. Take few months. Yeah. Some of these so in this case, the issue was not there in the GitHub, but it's something that you felt as a problem, and then you created an issue, and then you created the MR. Yeah. 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 yeah I so created the issue. And I think, I I think that's also MR. a yeah. nice way to contribute, where you are using some software, and then you feel like something is not right, and then I can uh, try to make it better. Yep. Yep. So uh, exactly. apart yeah, from doing all these point. things like Stack Overflow, open source, and then ML, uh, how do you actually unwind yourself? You know, what are the kind of things that you do to probably relax? Yeah, one favorite hobby, or I would say, fifty percent of me is sports. Uh, um, I used to play handball in during my college days. uh even after uh, i mean joining companies i used to go there in weekends and spend some time with my juniors there uh that is one uh, big past for me um uh, recently like past um 3 years back i started uh, learning guitar through online videos okay. so that is also a nice journey for me um uh, and recent times what has happened is <laughs> my major chunk of my time goes with my kid um, so he is one year okay. more than one year old now so yeah so, <laughs> uh, happy as well as a tedious process okay. to yeah, i think kid. i think that's uh, very interesting uh, i hope that uh, your son has not uh, you know i haven't taken more time from your son for doing this uh, recording so so uh, uh, yeah <laughs> Oh, okay. sure. He's with his okay. grand parents. So, uh, so we can probably wind up uh, closing thoughts on our discussion uh, so far. Like anything else that you want to probably add? Uh, 
yeah so one thing i would say is initially these uh, contributions um, uh, for example this uh, sql on open source contribution or stack overflow in my case uh, initial period it was little hard but once i started doing it it became an addiction uh, i was not able to stop that in a way like even if i felt like i'm uh, spending more time i'm supposed to do i couldn't get out of it because i'm able to find lot of learnings as well as uh, interest uh, keep growing inside me for that um, so uh, that's the message i would like to give like beginners or people who haven't tried out these things just give it a try and then take initial few steps then you get the full uh, satisfaction of why yeah, you need I to do it it's very nice it's one of the good addictions right uh, it's actually an addiction that uh, is probably worth keeping lifelong yeah